Hello, everybody, and welcome to All Queued Up, the review podcast tied to streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, Disney Plus, etc., etc. I'm your host, Greg Dietz, with me always is Maya Don Fisher. How you been this week? Uh, I've had better weeks. I understand that. I've had, I've, I've had better weeks. My depression flared up on me yesterday evening and really hit me hard earlier this morning. Um, just a combination of multiple things not going as planned and, you know, having to miss out on Skullfest this weekend, missing my friends that I haven't seen since October of 2019, uh, my out-of-state and out-of-town friends, you know, in the, in the realm of collectors. Um, really bummed about that. Uh, you know, of course, upset about my kitten being diagnosed with feline leukemia, but he goes back in uh, two weeks, three weeks for his next round of shots and a checkup. And, you know, he seems to be doing fine. Uh, just overly, you know, worrying a lot, you know, uh, but yeah. Not a lot else has been going on, and it kind of, I've just been kind of in a rut in the past week, and it yeah, sucks. I understand that. How about you? How's your week been? Uh, just busy, constantly like doing something new. Um, dealing, you know, getting my dad to uh, dialysis on top of uh, trying to make sure that my parents are taken care of. Sorry about the audio. Uh, the uh like yesterday was it hit a hundred degrees over here and like I did not sleep well last night because of it. It was so hot. And then I, you know, trying to make sure that I'm bringing in money and it's like so it's stress, but it's weird. Like I don't I don't feel the stress yet, and maybe that's just because I'm starting to get used to it. I, I genuinely don't know, but um I am uh, making sure things are, are good as best I can. Uh, one of the things that um, some of the things this week that have gotten me kind of like forward, like I've been, I was, I, I just, I just had Maya watch it. We, uh, the, the multiverses, um, like full on announcement. I'd kind of known this game was coming out because of a leak months and months and months ago. Um, but, uh, they released the trailer the other day and it was like a full cinematic trailer. Um, in a, in a, in a way showcases what the game is meant to be. Uh, it's a free to play platformer fighter, much like, uh, the recent Nickelodeon one or smash brothers. Um, there's a few others like Brawlhalla is a, is a platform fighter. Um, but generally speaking, a platform fighter is what Smash Brothers is, and now it's got its own designation. Um, but Multiverses is supposed to be a 2v2 fighting game, and that's it. It'll be 1v1, but mainly 2v2. And the trailer shows that in spades with, like, I'm going to describe, if you haven't seen it, I'm going to describe the opening bit as best I can. So Batman gets teleported to a what looks like fighting space, like one of the platformers. Uh, suddenly... Shaggy shows up behind him, jumps into his holding arm, holding a sandwich. Hold yeah, holding a sandwich. 
uh, uh, as he's standing there holding a sandwich, um, Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny shows up, freaks out Shaggy. Shaggy goes to jump in Sh- uh, Batman's arms, which Batman puts him down, throws a battering at Bugs Bunny, which is deflected by Arya Stark. Um, and Bugs Bunny gets mad, goes to throw a pie at Batman, to which Shaggy grabs with the sandwich, goes to take a bite out of the sandwich pie combo, to which Arya Stark hits it out of his hand, and he says, what did I ever do to you, man? And then goes into Super Saiyan mode, which is a fucking meme from the internet, uh, uh, and then punches Bugs Bunny directly in the face, which Bugs pulls out an Acme rocket and flies off, to which then other characters progressively show up. And each time a character shows up, they're usually paired with some other character from part of the franchise, like Garnet shows up, to which Jake is, you know, there, and then it's Taz and Harley Quinn. Garnet from the uh, animated uh, cartoon Steven Universe, and yes, and Jake, Jake from Adventure Time, right, and then Harley Quinn and uh, Tasmanian Taz. Devil, which made perfect sense because of her her uh, hyenas, like. Her being, you know, that like that made sense to my in my brain at least. Um, but the part of the trailer that I think got everyone kind of in the like oof was um, Superman shows up because everyone's fighting. Like Bugs, Bugs, Batman, Har- uh, Arya Stark, and Shaggy are on the Acme rocket, and you hear Bugs go, "Look out below!" And then you see a big explosion as the dust sort of clears. You can see a dust pile with like fists and things coming out of it, like they're fighting, like a cartoon. Then Superman shows up, and he's, he's just like, what is going on here? And he's like, well, it looks like a job for And as he says that, you hear jet rockets, and Iron Giant comes down and goes, Superman. And he says, all right, looks like you're with me. And I was like, that, uh. <laughs> Which also leads me to believe that, like, he got teleported to this arena before he could stop the, the nuke from destroying Hogarth's town. Hogarth's town. Spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen Iron Giant yet. Um, I've never seen the Iron Giant. Genuinely, that, it is such a good movie. That's what. That's the face Misty makes every time she mentions that I need to watch that movie, and I'm like, eh. Oh, don't don't end that movie. It, I I cannot stress this enough. It is an excellent fucking movie. Excellent film. Um, I like. Whew. Movie's good. There's actually a joke in what was it? Is it it's either Ted Lasso or some other sports theme thing, but all the dudes, um, there's like a movie night. It also might be a prison thing. But anyway, it's a bunch of like hard ass dudes, and uh there's a movie night, and so they're all watching this movie. Um, and somebody goes, What movie? And the person says, uh, Oh, it'll be Iron Giant. And the other character says, I hope you have enough tissues for all the men. And I kind of laughed at that joke. And then later in the episode, it shows them all watching it still and like crying at the end. It's fucking hilarious. Um, but no, it's it's an excellent movie. But uh, yeah, the, the context of him showing up and saying Superman is totally within the, the movie itself. So, um, okay. One of those that became kind of a cult classic because it did not do well in the theater. Uh, but yeah, so, so yeah, like I said, multiverses is a 2v2 fighting game. Like, imagine if you will, you're playing Smash Brothers and you have four friends and you decide to pair off into teams. That's what it is. Um, but it's all Warner Brothers characters. 
when does it come out? It doesn't have a date, but it just says 2022. And uh, it's got a, um, a uh, closed alpha right now. Uh, like I'm watching a couple guys play it on stream because a bunch of people got, got codes. I was hoping to get one, but I got left in the dust. So there's that. But it looks like fun. Um, the other trailer that came out this week, uh, a show that we're definitely watching on this podcast and reviewing, uh, She-Hulk. Um, I, I, the trailer is it's about a minute and a half long, and it does a fairly decent job at showing Je- uh, Jennifer or yeah, Jennifer Walters. Jennifer, yeah. So I don't know why. Yeah, it's Jennifer Walters and Jessica, the uh, the Spider Woman. I always get Drew. those two. Drew, Jessica Drew. I always fucking get that mixed up in my mind. I don't know why, but and then there's Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones, yeah. Um, but yeah, Jennifer Walters, who becomes you know She Hulk or from. That's the thing. I don't know if this show is going to do blood transfusion. She Hulk. They might do something different. We'll see. But um, it, it's it's the same argument that I have when it comes to Miss Marvel. It doesn't matter if Kamala Khan has sorry Kamala Khan. I don't always say that wrong has uh stretchy powers or not as long as her character is intact i think that's what matters like the character herself is a huge nerd for superheroes and people were all upset about her care her her powers being changed and i'm like i don't think that matters as much as you want it to and i think the same goes for she hulk it doesn't matter how she gets her powers it just matters that her character's intact like i think one of the things i said to you when we were talking about the upcoming She-Hulk show, because we hadn't seen anything before that conversation was, I want it to be a show of uh, more of a lawyer drama than a, than, than like a superhero show. Well, it was actually geared to be more of a comedic drama. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. You're correct about that. But yeah, you want more legal stuff than thoughts. Yeah, I mean, because well, I mean, the comic itself has like it, it was originally very funny. It still kind of is to this day, uh, because um, uh, she was the original break the fourth wall superhero before Deadpool. Yeah, um, and yep, John Byrne started that. Yeah, I don't think she's gonna do it for the show because her character hasn't done that in fucking years. But her comic is still pretty com- comedic, you know. So I like watching that trailer though. I was like, that's fucking She-Hulk, like not wanting to be a fucking superhero, but having superhero powers, wanting to just be a lawyer and, uh, you know, like, and occasionally bang it out. She is, she does like to have sex. And there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, absolutely. At all. At all. I'm pro like, go get it. Yeah. If you want it, go get it. Just be safe. Yep, that's it. That's be literally as nasty it. as you want to be, but be safe. Um, yeah, she's she's had like relations with the Juggernaut. Yeah, Juggernaut, Luke Cage, Wolverine, Human Torch, uh, a bunch. There's a bunch more. I'm just I'm drawing a blank at more heroes that I've seen. 
one of my favorite comics, and I, I've briefly talked about it on here, was the one where she went up against Matt Murdock in the case for um, Old Man Steve Rogers. Yeah, yeah. Called Lawn Disorder. I love that comic. And because 95% of that comic, she doesn't do any superheroing at all. She, it's, it's just a, it's mostly a court case drama. Um, and, uh, it's a little superheroing at the end. Yeah. Her and Matt team yeah. up with Steve to go kick Dr. Faustus ass. But, uh, I don't think that this show is going to do that. Even though I, how, even though I want it a ton, I don't think it's going to do that. Um, we'll see. We'll see. You know, I mean, it's three months off. Right. I'm ex- I'm Which, still excited for it, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, but we know that comes out August 17th, so. Yeah. Also, the, the CGI does look a little rough in the trailer. But it's like, yeah, it, three months, they still need to put some spit and polish on it. Yeah. Um. But, uh, but yeah, we'll be definitely talking about that. I don't know if we're going to. We should, we should probably review Thor Love and Thunder on here, huh? We may as well, because I'm going to go see it at the theater. Yeah, me too. I was like, I was like, we review pretty much everything Marvel that we can do on this podcast as much as we can. We've we never did. Uh, we didn't do Eternals. We didn't do Shang Chi. We did not. Well, that's also because I don't think you saw either of those in the theater day one. I didn't. I didn't, or we would have. <laughs> yeah. Um, but pretty much everything else, and like if if it's on Disney Plus, we're reviewing it. Like we plan on reviewing Obi Wan, which I think had a trailer this week. Hmm. Yeah. Looks which, good. My favorite thing about Disney right now is they're just like, "Oh, did you do something for Marvel? Now do something for Star Wars, and vice versa." Like, I sincerely hope that that. Uh, Disney gives um, uh, Sam Raimi a uh, a Marvel project, or not Marvel, but a Star Wars, like a single solo Star Wars project, like something that has nothing to do with Jedi or whatever, just like his own fucking thing in Star Wars. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine with that. I just don't. Uh-huh. Sam Raimi does his own thing well. Right, that's yeah. his own thing. Well, he doesn't do other people's things as well. I agree. That's why I want it to be his own, like Star Wars thing. I don't want it to relate to any characters that we already know or styles that we already know. Um, I don't know what that could be, but I'd like to see it. But well, the reason I say that is because in the in the Obi Wan trailer we saw um, uh, Camille Nanjiani briefly. Looks like a. Oh yeah. He's wearing Jedi style outfit, like a like a robe. Uh. And then there was uh, but he also he he was in Eternals. He'll probably be back in Eternals. So I just, he was I, almost in Moon Knight, but they cut his scene. They didn't yeah. film his scene. They wrote it out. There was two things besides Eternals. There was another thing that they were gonna do. Another big connection to Marvel, but I don't remember what the hell it was. But I'm kind of glad they didn't for for Moon Knight. I'm, I'm glad that it was its own thing. 
there's just like very subtle, very subtle references, you know, like the like the bus had that thing about um, the GRC. Yeah, the GRC. Um, well, before we get into our first review, the last thing I have on my list here that I wanted to bring up was, uh, and I haven't watched the trailer myself yet. Doesn't matter because we're going to review it on the show. Umbrella Academy season three uh, comes out in July, I believe is what it said. I don't know. I haven't watched the trailer yet either. It dropped earlier today. Yeah, it dro- literally today. Um, let's see. Umbrella Academy Season 3. June 22nd. Yeah, so much in June. So much coming out in June. Good gravy. But yeah. Uh, you know, last we saw them, they were traveling through time, went to a different timeline where this Sparrow Academy exists. And that's all we fucking know. So. But we're both fans of the show, so. Oh, yes. But there's a ton. ton coming out in the next couple months that, like, we're going to be busy on the podcast. There might be an episode where we review fucking three things. There might be one, like, when we reviewed Spider-Man No Way Home that we had four fucking things to review, so. That was a crazy one. Who's to know? Yeah, it was a big one. Uh, but with that out of the way, uh, let's go ahead and talk about Paddington 2. Uh I wasn't aware until like 20 minutes ago that this wasn't a brand new movie. I didn't realize this movie was five years old um, because it just wasn't on my radar. I knew that they had made a live action Paddington Bear movie. I didn't know there was a sequel. And I thought it had just came out. And you mentioned to me last week, hey, uh, I hear this is really good. Everybody's always said it's good. You want to? talk about it uh, watch it and review it and i was like why not we just had the one episode of halo <laughs> so right which now we have two episodes of halo but that's besides the point uh um, yeah yeah another little surprise thing we're recording this the we're recording the this it's it's 6 p.m eastern on thursday we normally record it like noon eastern on wednesdays right um but as I mentioned earlier, my depression's kind of been on the uh, flare-up. Um, and I've been a little down, and all I did yesterday was sleep until about 8.30. And then played our regular night Wednesday night video games, and then I got up this morning, and I helped Madison with her math. A big unit review test for her final next week. And then uh, after that, I was just like... This is me. This is my depression. Pal. It just hit me out of nowhere. And I was I was I was in a bad place there for a few hours. Not a bad place mentally, just I wasn't in the frame of mind where I could be to where I could record and focus and stay on track. Right, um, right. And I, I remember you messaged me about that, and I was like, not a problem. Uh, quick question. Do you want, if we're recording tomorrow, do you just want to do the finale of Halo on top of everything? And you were very much like, yeah, let's do it. I was like, all right, cool. So so I did watch Halo first thing this morning. Had breakfast. Algebra unit review. Yeah. And then uh, seven hours later, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, so just, just quick. Like, I should have said that at the top of the show, but I didn't. So, yeah, we have episode eight and nine of Halo that we're going to review after we talk about Paddington. Um, 
Also, if you didn't, I didn't kind of mention it last week, but the way that I heard about Paddington too, well, I read the, some of the books when I was a kid. Uh, so much so that like, I always wanted to try marmalade. Um, but I never really thought too much of it. I thought, oh, they're making a live action one. This was like back in what, 2014? And like the first one. And I was like, I, do I, was like, know. I think that's what I pulled up on IMDb when I probably. Um, but I had never watched it. I, 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 I just never watched yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Paddington was 2014. Yeah. Um, and it didn't really like apparently spark enough like interest from the world. Like people kind of talked about it. Wasn't it? I didn't think again, didn't think they have it. Um, and then the sequel had come out and I, a few of the YouTubers I had watched, um, uh, back in the day, they, they were ranting and raving about Patty Tattoo being one of the greatest films I've ever seen. I was like, Oh, this has got to be a bit. This has got to be a joke. And then I saw a ton of other people saying how great the movie was. I was like, all right, wow, that's interesting. Oh, you know, I'll see it. What if I if I ever do see it? Who cares? And then uh, on, um, God, I want to say it was 2020. I think it was the year of 2020. Uh, there was this big like thing about Paddington having been the highest rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes, had beat beat out like Citizen Kane or whatever. I was like, wow, okay. And then like some reviewer gave it a low score. And it, it lowered its Rotten Tomatoes score, and people were upset about it. And I was like, I was like, this is hilarious. Like, this has got to be a meme or something like that, right? No, people genuinely fucking love this movie. I was like, that's interesting. And I had recently gone and seen The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, the movie with uh, Nick Cage playing Nick Cage and then Pedro Pascal. And there are three whole jokes, sort of jokes, but genuine like love for the movie uh, uh, moments in that movie. Um, one of the bits, earliest bits, is uh, Nick Cage and Pedro Pascal's character are talking about their favorite top three favorite movies of all time, and and uh, Pedro Pascal says, um, uh, "Con Air was the was his was his three was number three, or first one or whatever. His second one was like this same like kind of obscure film that Nick Cage loved that was a bit earlier in the film." And then later, Nick Cage says, you still haven't told me your third favorite film of all time. And Pedro was a little reluctant and goes, Paddington 2. And Nick Cage is like, what? Paddington 2? And he says, yes, it, it, it's, it, wanted, it made me want to be a better man. And he's like, I can, I, we can watch it if you want to. And so then it, it cut jump cuts to them finishing the movie. And they're both like, like wiping off tears. And Nick Cage goes, Paddington 2 is incredible. And I was like, I, and then, and then there's like two more later in the film. And I was like, I apparently have to see this fucking movie. I've been hearing it consistently for the past five years off and on. I need to watch this movie. And it recently came to HBO max. Like I'm not the day that I think I mentioned it to you, Maya, it had just come on to HBO max. So I was like, I was like, here's my opportunity. And we didn't really have anything else other than Halo this week. So, and you agreed. So, that's the small story of why I even remotely suggested Paddington 2. Um, I did watch Paddington 1, which is on Netflix, before watching Paddington 2. Um, one of the benefits, it, you don't really have to watch Paddington 1 to watch Paddington 2. Mm -hmm. uh, you, yeah, I was like, you were able to keep up. You didn't watch Paddington 1, did you? I did not. Yeah. And you were able to keep I up. I honestly 
I honestly didn't remember that I had to watch Paddington 2 until about 2 o'clock Tuesday afternoon. I was like, oh, shit, I still got to watch Paddington 2. <laughs> to be fair, same thing. No joke. I want like, to say it was... No, it was Monday. It was Monday. Sorry. I, uh, I was playing Fall Guys with some friends. It hit about 5 p.m. And I text my dad and I was like, uh, hey, I have to watch Paddington 2 for the podcast. Do you want to watch it with me? And he was like, yeah, sure. And so I was like, cool. And I knew that my mom was watching stuff with him. So I just watched Paddington 1 and then waited for time to go downstairs and then watched Paddington 2 with him. But uh, yeah, I kind of forgot to. Um, so I'll say this right off the bat. I enjoyed Paddington one. It's a good movie. There's nothing inherently wrong with it. It's definitely made for kids. Paddington is a very slapsticky kind of character. Um, it's a, it's a story about found family in a way, and it's heartwarming to an extent. Inoffensive, very digestible. That's it. Paddington two. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I don't know what else to say. I mean, we, we can we can break it down, but I really enjoyed the movie. What did what did you think? What, what were your thoughts? It's okay. <laughs> I mean, if I were a little kid, I probably would have eaten that shit up with a spoon. But I mean, it was heartwarming. It was touching. It was pure. But it didn't hit me the way, you know, that it would have hit if I were a kid. Interesting. Okay, because like I, I kind of felt like you were going to view the movie that way. Uh, us doing this podcast for so many years, um, I can kind of get like a, a read off a movie. Like I'm like, oh, you sometimes do surprise me. So there's that. But, uh. I saw why people loved it as much as they did. Um, you haven't watched Ted Lasso? No, I've not. But it's the same thing. I looked at my dad after watching. I said, Ted Lasso and Paddington are the same character. And he was like, how do you mean? I was like, they are the type of character that sees the best in anybody. No matter your past, your history, what you look like, how you dress... There's goodness in everybody, and Paddington and Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso, bring that out. Um, think about Knuckles, the character. Like Knuckles was a hard ass. Knuckles was a everyone feared him, and Paddington was the only way to get through to him, to actually cut through, just by Paddington being the kind-hearted character that he is. Um, and this is a common theme throughout the entire movie. Yeah, yeah. In fact, the only person in the movie whose icy exterior he did not break down and win over was Peter Capaldi's character. Which he's actually in the first movie, too, as like the nosy neighbor who like... Yeah, I figured that he was. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, there are characters like that in Ted Lasso that don't like that are very much not like, like don't like him, but uh, it's a whole thing in the last season about it. Um, but I think that's why people love the movie so much. Why, why the line, like it made me want to be a better man happened in the first place. 
you know, um, on my Twitter bio, I have, I have, uh, I have in there be more like, or be like Ted Lasso. And the reason I say that is that a lot of people are quick to judge. A lot of people are quick to dismiss. Uh, Paddington and Ted Lasso are not straight up. Yeah. And I think that's, that is a quality that people should seek in themselves. Uh, so I get it. On the other hand, I kind of agree with you, Maya. I did not see the same hype that everyone else did. Yeah. And, you know, 2017, would I have viewed it the same way as I do now? Or would, you know, it's hard to say. Yeah, we, that, that is, a, that is a, you have to take that into consideration. Like, this movie has been hyped up for me for five years. Um, it's only been hyped up for me for a week. But <laughs> still. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's interesting. I, I, I think I had a mindset of watching it going, what did everyone else see in this? Versus, let me just watch a movie. And I don't know that that's a good barometer for a review. But I want to be honest with our listeners. I might... Go ahead. Oh, no, I wasn't saying anything. Oh, you! I sound like you were taking a breath to say something. Uh... Watching this film, I, 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 like I said, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. It was, it was a fun movie, but I didn't think it was like greatest of all time quality. No. I personally felt like I've seen movies like I don't, I don't ever want to watch Paddington Two again. I have no interest in watching Paddington Two again. No, absolutely. But no, I don't I'll... feel like my time was wasted. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I really loved Hugh Grant's character. He was hilarious. Maybe not hilarious, but he was definitely funny. Lighthearted villain in a way. Yeah, it was. You know, it was it it it. I wanted to come away from this with the warm and fuzzies. You know, that nice little feeling you get inside when you watch something that's heartwarming and everything and just yeah. makes you happy. You have this nice little happy smile, and maybe a tear. None of it. Just It's just like, okay, it's wholesome. Um, you know, it's a bit of a stretch there at the end. Uh, uh, yeah. But Okay, you know, it was a nice little. <laughs> if I was a little kid, I would have loved it. But I'm not a little kid. Uh, despite my room, you would think I was. Uh, same here. But well, I think yeah. that's. I think that's the interesting thing about this whole subject is that most of the hype that I've heard from this film was from adults. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I I don't I don't know how to place it because I don't dislike the film I actually like the film I enjoy it but I don't know it's it's bizarre it's bizarre to sit there and say like because the film's not bad it's genuinely not um no it's worth taking an hour and 40 minutes of your time and sitting down and watching once you know especially if you've got a family 
you know, exactly. if you've got kids, um, just sit down and watch it and it'll, you're in for a good evening. Yeah. It's, it's not a bad time. It's not. I can and there are it. some, there are some humorous bits that Misty laughed pretty solidly at the barbershop scene. Yeah, and the slapstick is 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 like quality slapstick in my opinion. It's it's that I um I didn't laugh out loud any to be honest, but Oh neither did I, to be fair. Um But you know, credit or credits do. Good slapstick is good slapstick, and uh one thing about slapstick, you don't want it to go you don't want slapstick to not make sense if that makes sense so when that barbershop scene is happening every situation that's happening i was like that's very looney tunes Mm -hmm. um and it had that uh uh looney tunes style slapstick i keep using that but everything fit it wasn't just like things were happening for the sake of happening it was It made sense, is what I'm trying. The other thing about yeah. that I, I do have to point out is that, um, stuff happened at the beginning of the film that was brought back towards the end. Like that entire barber scene wasn't just there for the sake of a slapstick bit. It like mattered. No. Things, yeah. Which I think yeah, is I mean, very, very good for. Spoiler her. alert: He royally fucks up the hair of a judge. Uh, who he didn't realize that was a judge until he ended up taking the fall for a robbery and going to prison. The judge sentenced him because he was like, that's that pesky bear that messed up my hair. Well, I'm going to throw the book at him. And then later on, you know. But, yeah, Paddington in prison. I didn't know what to make of that. (laughs) It was very strange, but... It was. uh... It's a strange movie to begin with, so I mean, we got a talking bear. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, maybe also watching the first one kind of helped a little bit. I feel like to to us extent because, uh, like the whole reason that he's in London is part of the first movie. Uh, hence the found family aspect. So, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, why don't we go ahead and give it a rating so we can move on to Halo? I give it a B. I mean, it was good. It wasn't great. But it was a solid hour and 40 minutes of my time where I was entertained to a degree. Um, you know, it didn't make me want to rush out and be a better person. Uh I, I guess mainly because I always try to strive to be the best person I can be anyway. If the, you know, yeah. yeah. But I've also, it's rare to have a piece of fictional media make me want to be a better person in that regard anyway. Um, but. Yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I don't have anything negative to say about it, but I don't have anything overwhelmingly good to say about it either. That's why it's so weird. Like, I give it a B plus in the same vein, 
like it's not this fucking like make cinema best or, or better or whatever kind of movie, but it's also not that as well. Like it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's strange. It puts us in a place where we're like, we don't hate it. We don't love it. We like it, but we're not going to watch care it again. to watch it again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I think for an extent, like, uh, uh, I, I always, I, again, compared his character to Ted Lasso because of the whole finding the best in people. I feel like Ted Lasso does a better job at this type of character because Ted Lasso is supposed to be the coach of a premier football league. Um, he was a he was a, a college football coach and prior to this whole scenario in the show. And throughout, like, especially the first season, he um, he's kind of like bringing forward these really good qualities and all of these people that they had sort of suppressed. They had kind of put to the side because they felt like it maybe made them weak. And Ted says, no, that doesn't make you weak. That makes you stronger. And Paddington does the same thing, but I feel like it's not as powerful of a message with Paddington as it is with Ted Lasso, because when you have a fucking talking cub and you have a, grown man and i think a lot of people can look at the grown man and say i want to be the, i want to be like him it's hard for a grown-up to say i want to be like paddington yeah paddington's also naive he's also like he doesn't understand the world like with ted it's like he doesn't understand english customs that's it like he doesn't understand why they drink tea or why they call cookies biscuits or simple things like that that an american wouldn't get so it's a lot it's a lot more digestible in that you can be kind of like oh that makes sense for animated talking bear it's a bit different so but that's my two cents on that everyone should go watch Ted Lasso it's a fantastic show uh all right so halo episode episode 8 and episode 9 <laughs> uh yeah episode 8 was titled allegiance and boy, this one got the fanboys up in arms. <laughs> uh, before we start, I, I I saw an excellent joke on Facebook because I I've been I had been fucking with people uh, all week um, in regards to uh, their reaction to this episode. Uh, the reaction to the show in general has been making me laugh because as I have gone over again and again and again and again, an adaptation is an adaptation. It's not. Like it's not it shouldn't be like the source material either because of a it's boring if it is the same thing, and b uh, if I want to play if I want the Halo car, uh, video game story I can play the games very easily. Um. So my favorite thing to do now is when fanboys of a product of an adaptation are bitching that it's not like the source material. I like to call them hypocrites. Gets their panties in a bunch. But the joke that I heard, sorry, Jesus Christ, Greg. I was waiting for it. Yeah, the joke that I heard was, uh, um, "Halo fans are just mad that uh, Master Chief lost his virginity before they could." <laughs> that's good. That's, good. that's good. And that's true for most of them. <laughs> I was like, I'm a big Halo fan. I didn't take offense to that because it's a good joke. It is a good joke. 
It's but, a very um, good joke. But yeah, I'll uh, I'll read through the synopsis, and if it's written by the same person that's written these past episode takes, um, oh well. Uh, hopefully it's not. But, Master Chief, back to normal bottles, begins to socialize with McKee and view her as a potential ally following their shared visions of the Halo. Despite the continued doubts of the UNSC who view her as a mole for the Covenant. Master Chief learns from her that the Covenant are after the Halo rings due to the prophecy of their great journey. After a Covenant attack on another planet, Master Chief is able to convince the UNSC to let McKee uh, test the artifact, albeit under Miranda Key's supervision. Master Chief, without his emotional suppressor, and McKee, who views him with a degree of kinship and trust, have sex. <sighs> um, and she notes his kindness and similarity to her. She begins to reconsider her loyalties. Uh, you actually see the scene afterwards where she has that little hidden laser blade, whatever it is, under her fingernails. She actually rips her fingernail off and discards that thing, um, which was cool. You know, you see her soften up. She's, just, she's like, I don't know. She's got these feelings. She's got some feelings, that's for sure. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, meanwhile, Halsey finds out about uh, Master Chief's relationship through Cortana, regains remote access to the UNSC network by secretly copying uh, Miranda's retina scan. Halsey then uh, initiates remote protocols to disable all comms within the UNSC base and places Spartans Riz and Vanek under her direct control, ordering them to capture, capture Master Chief, McKee, and the artifact. Cortana chooses at the last second to warn Master Chief instead. Riz and Vanek restrain Kai and attempt to fight Master Chief, and Miranda reveals transmissions of McKee leading the attack on the UNSC Corvette. Uh, although McKee was trying to get help for Master Chief when UNSC troopers restrain and taser her, bringing back memories of her youth, she reaffirms her loyalties to the Covenant, frees herself, touches the artifact, sending shockwaves throughout the UNSC base, before saying her goodbyes to John via another shared vision. And that's how that episode closed out. A lot happened in that episode, especially, you know, at the end. Uh yeah, the that that fight scene was actually really fucking cool. Um Oh yeah, it was. I do I did like how in this episode it did properly show how strong Spartans can be. Um by uh what's her name like using the pulley system to lift up the uh I don't even know what that thing was. Oh, Kai using the yeah, basically she was like strongman competition shit. Yeah. Um, Dude, I really enjoy her character a lot. Yeah, no, she's great. I uh, like. It's what 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 I I don't know how to say this because what, what pisses me off is, um, and I'm not gonna get to. I'm not gonna fucking do that again. I'm not gonna do it again. Jesus Christ! I gotta stop fucking being angry at fanboys. I gotta talk about the show as it's it's its quality as a show itself. And I, Kai is a fucking fantastic character. Um, she doesn't have the same motivations as Master Chief, but she's removed her inhibitor chip. 
or whatever the hell it was called, the emotion and emotion suppressor, hormone suppressant pellet. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. Sci-fi mama jumbo. Um, and and because of that, like she has this completely interesting viewpoint when it comes to the world now, completely different from uh, Chief or the other Spartans. So I I agree with you. Her character's great. Um, I'm I also love how very like throughout each episode more and more and more Halsey becomes the clear fucking villain of the show. Uh, yeah. Any any shreds of her humanity is just absolutely just if you take a cheese grater and her humanity, it just <laughs> more and more and more until there's nothing left. Yeah. Um it's just it's just so great because Uh, from my perspective with, you know, knowing the comics or the con Jesus Christ, the, the books and the games and whatever, um, the games kind of, they don't do a great job at, at showing Halsey as being this awful, awful person, but the books, the comic books, the side stuff inside the games really does. And, um, cause I said to a friend the other day, I was like, Halsey's an absolute piece of shit. And he goes, where does it ever say that in the games? I was like, it doesn't. It doesn't, but in all the other material, it does. And he goes, he goes like, but where? And I was like, in Halo Reach, there's these collectibles you can get, and it talks about Halsey and how awful of a person she is. And he was like, I had no idea. I was like, yeah, it's probably why you should have done more than just play the games, but that's me. Hmm. Um, Supplemental material, while not necessary, can be a valuable thing give you, well, you more know, insight yeah i was like when you get super into like a, a franchise you kind of you get really into the extra shit like when destiny came out there's so much supplemental shit within the game that like people could understand the universe and the world better than it just showed in the game, and I would listen to like people talk about it, and just be like, I didn't even know that was fucking there. Another example of that, Final Fantasy XV. Um, yeah. There is... That game is wonderful, and there is... It's a throwback. I mean, even though it's a modern RPG, uh, it has throwbacks to classic 90s and early 2000s. JRPGs where you remember in those games if you've ever played any of them you had to talk to everybody and search mm -hmm. everywhere for clues this game oh, yeah. is like that this game is like that when you go into places and you have to search for things or talk to people to get certain information revealed to you in order to give you a better understanding of the story if you just rush through it and don't take the time to do things like that, you lose out. Um, and then this is, you know, I can see how this would make people want to go and read the novels or do these little side missions or what have you in the games to learn bits of information uh, to give them more insight into these things. Well, I think that's what's, 
fascinating about this adaptation versus other adaptations is um, ones that we've even reviewed on the podcast have made people want to go and check out the source material, right? Yeah. I haven't seen very many people who've never played the games want to go play the games after watching the show. No. I've actually not going to comment on who it was. Dear friend of mine, love him to death, but I disagree with their opinion. Said that this show has ruined Halo for them and they never want to play another Halo game again. That's the... It's um, that's a dumb fucking opinion. I'm just gonna say it. I I, I agree. Who the person is I, I don't know who the person is. I'm not. We're not gonna say names. That's a dumb fucking opinion. Um, again, and I can't stress this enough. I have been a long, long time Halo fan. Um, I have shown you the stuff I have. I've I've shown you my wall that's covered in Halo shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I what doesn't make me want to play Halo again is four three four. Sorry, 343. They have not made a great Halo game at all. Bungie left to go make Halo, make Destiny after Halo Reach, the fifth, their fifth Halo game. And then 343 took over, made Halo 4, and it was okay. Then 5, and it sucked. Now Infinite, and it's okay. Like, that's the problem with Halo right now. But you want to blame it on a show that's a simple adaptation? That's fucking stupid. That's you being a goddamn fan. I gotta stop doing this, Maya. I gotta stop getting angry at the fanboys. Well, like, does, we'll, does the we'll show just say problems? we'll just say we'll just say we disagree with that assessment. Does the show have problems? Well, yeah. Absolutely. It had Quan Ha. Huh? <laughs> well, I'd say one of my biggest gripes with the show. Is the actress? Um, I can't, I don't know her name off the top of my head. I don't even remember the character's name because she doesn't exist in the book and the and the, uh, the other stuff. Um, is the uh, Indian woman? Oh, Admiral Parangoski. Parangoski. I, I don't like the actress who plays her. She's uh, very stiff in delivering her lines. Um, She's also playing military, and military people can be pretty fucking stiff. But other military people in the show aren't as stiff. Like, it's almost as if she's trying to play a Spartan. Because the Spartans need to be stiff if they if they have their chips still in them. I mean, think about the think about uh uh, uh Riz and uh Fennec. Fennec. They are they are stiff as hell, and they need to be. She doesn't. Because other, like I said, the other military characters in the show don't really act that way. And um, I'm not saying she's terrible or ruins anything in the show, but it's definitely no. a, a, a thing I've noticed. And yeah, um, it's also a TV show, which has a lower budget than like a movie. So some of the CGI doesn't quite look great. Which we'll talk about for the next episode. <laughs> yeah, because there were some definitely there were some definite moments that really are like, ooh, that doesn't look too good. Yeah, yeah. But if you let that kind of shit ruin a show for you or ruin something because you want to nitpick it to death, you're doing yourself a disservice. You genuinely are. You may not agree with my assessment on that, but you're ruining it for yourself and you refuse to see otherwise. 
Um, especially if you're complaining that Master Chief had sex. In the lore of the books, Maya, Spartans are essentially neutered and or spayed. They have no ability to have sex or procreate. Um, this is designed so that way they don't have sexual urges, which cloud judgment. They don't have the desire for love. This is how they're built. The show has done something different with the Spartans for narrative purposes. This show has taken a hard left turn from the continuity of the games. It did like episode fucking five. Um, my friend the other day had mentioned something that happens in the fifth game. It's literally the name of the first fucking book called The Fall of Reach. We may never see The Fall of Reach. We may never get the planet fucking harvest. This show is not the games. It is an adaptation. And it can do what it wants. I have to stop doing this, Maya. <laughs> I... People piss me the fuck off with adaptations so much. I call people hypocrites all the time because nine times out of fucking ten, you have watched and enjoyed an adaptation that you didn't know was an adaptation. Yeah. I, I say this all the time about Total Recall. Everyone loves the 80s Total Recall. Everyone that's seen it. Because it's 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 got that nice cheesiness to it that you're like, oh, this is just fun. But it's also got like a like a dark story to it that you're like, oh, that's that's brutal. Um, and it's Arnold Schwarzenegger in the 80s and his prime. Like, it's great. Nobody dislikes Total Recall. Uh, as far as I know. But everyone dislikes the remake made in 2000, like the early, the mid 2000s with uh, Clive Owen. I think it was Clive Owen. I thought it was Colin Farrell. It's Colin Farrell. My bad. Um, but everyone dislikes that one. Why do they dislike it? Because it's not like the original. Motherfucker, that ain't the goddamn original. How many of you assholes out there know that it is that the original movie is an adaptation of a book called We Can Remember For You Wholesale, which that adaptation movie is drastically different from the fucking book. Most of you don't, and you refuse to understand that. Ugh. The show is good, and I, I, I will fucking argue anybody who says otherwise. Anyway, moving on. What well, do you what give I was going to say, what grade would you give episode eight? Oh, a solid B. Okay. Uh, it wasn't super standout. I did really like the fight between the Spartans. Um, uh, and it raised the stakes quite a bit. Um, but it, it, it did something that I don't like when a lot of shows do in general. And that's kind of make this whole, um, like a big deal about, uh, make a big deal about too many things at once. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like, there's about four plot lines going on at once in this show. Yeah, and it, it it's having a hard time balancing them perfectly. I think it's doing a good job of telling all of them, but like the balance is where the issue is for me. So, 
there's that. But um, but yeah, what would what would you give it? I'd give it a B as well. Um, get a little exposition. You get some character development. Uh, you know, uh, see how Halsey is even more a piece of shit than you thought before. Um, leaves you on a cliffhanger. Uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, But episode nine is called Transcendence. And this is the finale of the first season. Uh, There is a season two. Uh, It it has been greenlit. So Um, I'll read the recap of Transcendence. It picks up immediately after the events of episode eight. Uh, while McKee escapes in a Covenant Phantom that was captured during Silver Team's mission on Madrigal in Episode 1, Silver Team enters into a standoff that's only diffused when Captain Keyes arrives and helps Master Chief break his teammates' brainwashing by revealing that he is telling the truth about Halsey kidnapping them as children. Um... Kai breaks off from Silver Team to apprehend Halsey and her assistant. Uh, And, you know, through... Yeah. yeah. This this write-up sucks. Basically, she takes the ship down uh, as they're getting away, killing the assistant whatever his name was, a dune or something like that. Uh, Halsey gets away in a skate pod. She gets captured. And basically, she is sentenced to be executed. But then something happens to Halsey, and she goes into a uh, epileptic uh, seizure and appears to die from that. Which, if you'd paid attention a couple episodes before, when she talked to uh, Master Chief about the Flash clones, how they replaced the kids, the Flash clones would develop nosebleeds and headaches, and eventually they would die from the seizures. So immediately I was like, oh, she's cloned herself, that fucking cunt. Um, But yeah. Uh... Miranda realizes that that Halsey was captured, uh, that was captured was a Flash clone programmed by the real Halsey. And it's shown at the end of the episode to be secretly planning to escape from Reach on her own. Uh, Using information that McKee had given him, and with Cortana's help, Master Chief deduces the location of the Covenant homeworld. And with the UNSC's blessing, Chief leads Silver Team on a mission to stop the Covenant and recover the artifacts. Uh, this write-up's calling them what they are and naming the planet, which was not named. Uh, but on this sacred planet, McKee, unaware that the Prophet's plan on disposing of her later, activates the combined keystones, generating a star map leading to the halo and god it jumped to that 
Silver Team makes their way through this like fucking gravitational wormhole of shit. Uh, ship about bus apart. They finally make it through. And they fucking go in. They, you know, leave their ship on autopilot and they fucking do a, a low altitude opening, uh, a low altitude jump. They didn't use parachutes. They just fucking land, uh, you know, from several hundred feet up on the planet. And they start taking out one by one these Covenant fucking guards. Uh, they're infiltrating and trying to get their way in. Now, while this happens, uh, that's when McKee activates the keystones during this fight. Uh, she does it after the Covenant has been made aware of the Spartans' presence. So when she does it, Master Chief kind of goes into a trance too, and he can't snap out of it. And all this fighting's going on, and McKee and Master Chief meet, and the Halo Vision thing, whatever you want to call it, uh, he tries to talk McKee into uh, stopping the Vision, deactivating the artifacts, and come with them. And Cassie's the only way to get Master Chief back in the fight is to eliminate what is causing him to not be in the fight, and she kills McKee. Twitch, you know, that was a sad moment for a bit. Um, but yeah, Silver Team's getting just picked apart because they're getting overwhelmed by these Covenant forces, and Chief's like... How long before we're overwhelmed? Cortana's like, not long. And he said, you can take over my body, right? And she's like, yeah, but I don't want to. He's like, you're going to have to. The only way we can save the Silver Team and save the artifacts is for you to take over. And he essentially submits and gives his body up to Cortana. And then Cortana goes into badass mode. And starts taking everything out. Retrieves Silver Team enough to where they can retreat. And uses Master Chief's body to go and grab the artifacts. Pick them up and just lug them like they're fucking nothing. And that's when Kai noticed, like, why is he able to touch that? <clears throat> and they leave the planet and get away. Um, to which, you know... Riz is almost killed. Uh, she's in critical condition. So Kai and Vanek are trying to revive her. And Chief's piloting the ship, but still has his helmet on. Everybody else has their helmets off. And Kai's like, Chief, is that you? And just no response, cut to credits. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. I was a little disappointed in that, <clears throat> that like, ending bit because I wanted something. I don't know. I wanted something a little bit more. Um, the fact we got to wait a year for season two, I'm like, ugh, I, like that kind of thing sucks, but you know, gotta, gotta grab us and bring us back, I guess. Oh, what the fuck? There was a bug. It was a full on, like, like bug on my arm. It's a spider. It startled, I don't know what it was. It startled the shit out of me. It's gone now. 
Yeah, I was hoping for a little bit more of an ending than we got. Um, I mean, the stakes, you know, they've they've done a good job to establish the stakes, but, like, I kind of wanted a little bit more death and destruction and carnage. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm not going to hold the show, like, hold hold it against the show because it is a TV show and its budget's got to be lower. Uh, it's Paramount, for fuck's sake. Like, it, you watch their Star Trek shows. Their Star Trek shows don't have the highest fucking budget. Um, Strange New Worlds has a really good budget for their CGI battles. Do they all lean the same way, though? Oh, when, yeah, they all, yeah. I got you. I was like, lean the same way. Uh... Yeah, so uh, sorry. So that fight at the end, like the CG my, was bad in a lot of places. In that, wasn't great. But you know, again, I give it, I give it a little bit of leeway because TV show, lower budget. Um, it was still fun. It's still a fun fight. Oh, absolutely, very cool. I uh, like that when that big guy with the fucking axe came out, and Cortana's like, "Hey, Chief, remember him?" Yeah. <laughs> Uh, sorry. Um, uh, one thing about, I, I really, really, really appreciate, and this is, this is again, the, the nerd that loves the, the, um, the games in me. Uh, I love the profits fucking design. Not only do, do they look exactly like the game, but like they're detailed more than the games a lot are. So like they got little jangly bits from their chin and they look gross and like one of them has like what looks like cataracts. Um, yeah. So like I'm, they they just look awesome to me. Uh, yeah, I'm I have this sneaking suspicion that season two will be more like the games than season one uh, for a couple reasons. This show has gotten a lot of, again a lot of backlash as I've constantly complained about. Um, every week we talk about this fucking show. Um, and I think that they're, they're not going to stop with the narrative that they have going, but I think that they're going to, if Paramount doesn't cancel it, cancel season two from even being made. Um, I think they're going to make it more in line with what the games are. Cause they still can, they still can go that route if they want to. Um, there are there's a word that you heard from one of the 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 synopsis that you read the word forerunner mm-hmm. um i won't tell you what forerunner is i won't tell you what that word means so the context behind it is i haven't used it in the show by any stretch of the imagination um but that and this whole other thing over here they need to bring into the show. And the only way they can do that is that they get to the actual fucking halo. <laughs> you know what the show is named after. Cause in the games, I, yeah. I was telling this, I was explaining this to my dad. The reason that the, the game is called halo is because 95% of the game takes place on the halo. It takes place on the ring world. Um, it's just the first level where you're basically learning how to play the game and you're running through a, 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 uh, UNSC frigate called the the Pillar of Autumn, 
and it's being overrun by Covenant. So you're just running through the ship, killing elites and, and grunts, a couple jackals, I think. And um, and then you take an escape pod and you land on the ring world. You land on the halo. And so the rest of the game is going is on that and you learn about certain things revolving around the word forerunner. You will know more, hopefully. And that's that's kind of what I want the show to do. I want it to lean more into that storyline. Because there's another aspect to that that I think you and others will fucking love. Something that kept me enthralled with the games as I continue to play them. Uh, at least Halo 1, 2, and 3 specifically. Um, and some of the books, like the, the books also have a lot to do with it. So, and there's a whole, like, I'm not joking. There's an entire animated movie, not movie. It's probably 30 minutes long that explains the full on history of what, of the words I can't say out loud. Damn. And it's, and I, and I want them to put that into the show genuinely because it's, it's fucking cool. It's really cool. And we'll see if they do. We'll see if they do. There's still room for it. There's still possibility for it. So um, I'm, I'm, I am I'm really hope that Paramount sticks with it and doesn't let any of this like really overtly negative shit kind of stop it, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, McKee's gone. Um, I liked her character. She was... I, yeah, I feel like her character, especially in the in the last two episodes, was more of a catalyst for for Chief. To do oh, things. absolutely, absolutely, she was to advance his story. But yeah, um, she was pretty. <laughs> well, she was pretty. The actress is very pretty. Um, also. I do want to say this. If anyone listens to the show and you get upset with me for my opinion on like fanboying and all that kind of shit, that's fine. It doesn't bother me. You can get mad at me about that. You cannot like the show because of that. You can say the showrunners did a terrible job. If I see a fucking, uh, uh, a single person attack an actress or an actor for anything they've done in the show, I'll fucking Jay and silent Bob your ass. I swear to God. How many people want to kick some ass? <laughs> I love that the shit, ending of that, that movie. Shit. It's so good. I, I that shit though infuriates me. Like uh Kelly um um oh, Kelly before. Tran. Yeah, Kelly Murray Tran. Or is it Tran? Tran Marie? Whatever. Anyway, that actress that played um Rose Tico. Rose Tico was harassed like terribly. Um and people always say like, "Oh, it's the, 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 that's that's an outlier." Outlier. I'm like, the guy who played Jar Jar wanted to kill himself multiple times because of Star Wars fans, and Jake Lloyd, who played young Anakin, has retired from acting because of Star Wars fans. Also has suicidal tendencies. Don't come at me with, "Oh, it's not that bad." We gotta, we gotta move on to review to the the score. I'm gonna keep sidetracking to being angry at fanboys. All right. Well, what score would you give episode nine? Uh, a, a solid B plus. 
Okay. It was it was a, it was a good finale, uh, albeit some CGI stuff. Um, I'm 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 really interested in Halsey's like path. Um, she mm-hmm. is by far one of the most interesting characters in the show, uh, and I want to see more of Kai. I think yeah, Kai really stands out to me um, as an interesting character because, again, and I can't stress this enough, she doesn't have the same motivations as Chief. Chief can. Mm-hmm. He he's he's special for some reason. He can touch the artifact. He can activate certain things that she can't. But she has she has the same experiences as Chief as she is. Um, she is without inhibitions, or at least the inhibitions that she had before taking out the the the, the, the thing. Yeah, the pellet, the pellet. So. Um, yeah, and, and and we can leave, we can leave Quan Ha in the fucking dust. I we don't need to see what else she's up to. We don't need to revisit her. It's it's not necessary. No, no not a single person that I've talked to about the show liked her storyline, except for maybe my dad. But he has like weird opinions on sci-fi to begin with. So, like, there's a movie that came out a long time ago with Vin Diesel, and everyone was like, "That was a terrible movie. That was really bad. It didn't explain anything. It just kind of hopped in without any." understanding of what the world was like when it was like, I really enjoyed that movie. And it's like got a negative 12 on fucking Rotten Tomatoes. I'm like, dad, (laughs) what movie was it? I don't remember. While you give your score and grade, I'm going to look it up because. Well, I would give it. uh, I was, I was thinking actually closer to an A minus. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed the comeuppance of Halsey or the perceived comeuppance of Halsey. Uh, and then you realize that the snaky cunt got away. Um, but her fucking shit sniveling fucking associate bit the dust. That was awesome. Shit sniveling. I like that. Yeah. A little shit sniveler. Babylon AD. Uh, oh, okay. It's a terrible movie. Um, But yeah. The battle was cool. Mm. CG was rough in a couple of places, I'm not going to lie, but the battle itself was cool. It was fun. It didn't detract from anything. You know, uh, yeah, overall, I thought it was a cool episode. Um, I look forward to a second season. I hate to have to wait so long for it, but hey, you know, we've got plenty of shit to watch in between now and then. But Oh, God, yeah, we do. After watching it all now, week to week, I want to go back and re-watch it to see, you know, things that I may have missed out on. Or if there's more foreshadowing than I didn't pick up on, you know, in earlier episodes. I like to do that when I enjoy a show. Um, yeah, you did that with what dark and oh god, we did the dark. Not yet, I'm going oh, okay. to. There was another show uh, you did it with, but I'm drawing a blank. Well, I've done it with Stranger Things, done it with Dark, done it with um all the Netflix Marvel shows, uh, which now are Disney Plus Marvel shows. <laughs> But yeah, anytime there's a second season or a third season of something coming out, I will go back and rewatch the seasons before leading up to it just because 
and then give the new season a second watch if I enjoy it. But yeah, it, it's it's a good show. Give it a chance. Keep it separate from the what what you know. Judge it on its merits instead of what you know. Because like, or, if, or or be like me and and enjoy the comparisons and just be like, oh, it's different. Yeah. But don't hate on it. Just because well, you can oh, hate on the aspects shit. of it like Quan Ha. You can hate on aspects. <laughs> yeah, you can hate on on aspects of it like Quan Ha sucked. Um but don't hate the entire show and everybody associated with the show just because you don't like what they did. You can dislike it because you didn't like the storytelling, that's fine. But just because it's not what you know is not a valid reason to me. But yeah. Anywho. Um let's 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 wrap this puppy up. Uh so um we have a lot going on this month when it comes to reviews. Uh so just FYI, there's like I said, there's gonna be weeks in the like the next coming months where we might have multiple than like more than just two things. So um right off the bat, this upcoming uh tomorrow, as of recording this day on the 20th, very excited for two things coming out. Uh we're gonna review them. Uh Chippendale Rescue Rangers, the live the I'm gonna call it the Roger Rabbit style, where it's live action and animated together. Uh the trailer looks amazing. I'm very excited for it. I hope it's I'm really not, good. I've not seen the trailer for it, but you asked if I wanted to review it, and I was like, I know you're excited for it. Sure, why not? Did you ever watch the Chippendales Rescue Rangers uh, cartoon? Once or twice, maybe. Okay, because the it was a very successful cartoon back when it was when it aired in the early 90s. Um, mm-hmm. You got to think too. Back when it aired was my later high school years, and I wasn't quite into Rescue Rangers. Trust me, I'm the same way. Like one of the best um, Legend of Zelda games is Wind Waker, and I refused to play it because it looked too childish. I was I the was... same way when it first came out. Yeah, I was like, I hated that cell shaded and uh, animated look, and then I played it and loved it. Same reason I avoided Final Fantasy IX. Oh yeah, it just came out at that time where I was in that mindset as a, as a young adult. So, um, but the Chippendale Rescue Rangers cartoon show was like it was episodic and it was just them like taking on jobs because they were PIs. Um, like their design was made to look like uh, Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones and Magnum PI. There you go. Yeah, so it was like action and a, and a detective show, uh, but it was all cartoon. So. The general idea for the movie, however, is that all of that was for the sake of being successful, for making a successful TV show. And um, Chip and Dale have fallen out over the years. Um, And uh, one of their friends, supposedly either Gadget or Monterey Jack, don't know which. I think it's Gadget because you see Monterey Jack in the trailer, um, is in trouble. And they need to figure out where she is. Um, one of the earliest jokes in it is that um, it, it's 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 more of a joke on on adaptations of past cartoons where they are now CGI. Think of like Chip or uh, uh, the uh, Chipmunks. 
or mm -hmm. uh, sometimes Looney Tunes where they just become CGI. And it's because they get the CGI um, uh, surgery is what it is. And so Chip, oh, yeah. Chip got the CGI surgery where Dale doesn't. So through, throughout the majority of the film from the trailer, uh, Chip looks like full-on proper CGI with like uh, hair and whatnot, while Chip looks like he's car like 2D cartoon. Um, and there's a bunch of like jokes in regards to animation styles and like Peter Pan in it is a like 40-year-old man. So there's a lot of little things like that that are really funny. Um, but that's the general idea. It's it's think think of Roger Rabbit when watching it. That's how I can put it. So, but I'm very excited for it. Uh, and then we also got something I'm also super excited for. Uh, we reviewed season one and two, so we're going to review season three: Love, Death, and Robots. Um, I think it's what eight shorts this time. I'm not sure. I haven't looked. I think it's eight shorts, but. I know there were. I know you could watch them all in less than two hours the last time. Yes, yeah, they're they're usually. I don't think a single one was over twenty minutes. I don't think any of them were over twelve or thirteen minutes. To be honest, I think the one there was one that was like like eighteen minutes long, but I don't remember which one. I think it was like season one, but well. But yeah, that's what we're watching. Yeah, I'm, ex I'm excited. Uh, but yeah, so other than that, um, make sure you follow us on all socials listed below. We'll try to keep you updated if we add anything to the show uh, so you can watch what we're reviewing. Uh, check out the Teespring store where if uh, you'd like a t-shirt, a pint glass, a mug, a sticker with our cartoon faces on it. Um, that's where you'd go, Teespring. Uh, the link is also below on that. Also, all proceeds go all proceeds proceeds go, proceeds there we go why am i saying proceeds all proceeds go directly to the podcast it says proceeds on my notes so that's weird uh if you want to watch the live version of this podcast you can check on you can check that out over on our youtube channel the link is also below uh if you're looking for our podcast to listen to head on over to the nerdvana network you'll hear a slew of great podcasts by wonderful people talking about an assortment of things Usually nerdy based, but you know that's how that's how it is because it's the Nerdvana Network. That's again Nerdvana Network. Go check it out. Um, link for that is also below. That's it for my notes. Maya, where can folks find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook under my name, Maya Dawn Fisher. It's a public profile. Also, link to that public Facebook profile are my Twitter and Instagram handles. So if you want to follow me on either of those platforms, you can do so from one place. Uh, as for other shows you can catch me on, uh, Figure Banging on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel. It's every other Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, there was a new episode this week. I, unfortunately, wasn't able to make an appearance, but there was a new episode this week. Go give that, uh, check that out and give it a like. You know, let Ace and, Ace and Brink and JD know that Maya sent you. Uh, but yeah, it's a fun time. Live action figure review show. Uh, mostly Transformers related, but sometimes a little bit different. But it's a lot of fun. But that's everywhere we can catch me. What about you, Greg? Where can people find you? Uh, you can uh, check me out on all socials under Chub Rock Geek. Uh, you can also find my solo reviews on our YouTube channel. 
uh, where I do those from time to time. I haven't done one in a minute, but that's also because my current like, busyness is through the roof. So, but that'll change. That'll change. I'll slow down and be able to do one. Um, but yeah, if you want to go check that out, that's uh, again on our YouTube channel. Uh, again, next week, everybody, Chippendales Rescue Rangers on Disney Plus and Left Death and Robot Season 3 on Netflix. Check those out and join us uh, next week. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you. Take care, everybody.